0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select campus events while supplies last, make every tap
1: music to your ears. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years.
0: Made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The volume. Football is officially back. No more preseason games. The regular season is here. Listen, we all like watching football on TV, but nothing's better live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is at game time. Fastest growing ticket app in the entire United States. For last minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football team in September, go download Game Time right now. And it's not just for football, baseball playoff games, comedy shows, concerts all across the country. Download the Game Time app and use the Redeem code COLIN, C O L I N, $20. Off your first purchase terms apply again download the game time app the redeem code is colin that's my name c-o-l-i-n twenty dollars off if you do that no matter where you live get out and have some fun this weekend baby download the game time app today last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed game time Hi, everybody. Welcome into our Sunday night Colin Coward podcast. I'll always start this every Sunday night with about a 12 minute rant on three or four games I saw. One of our themes today is making it look easy. Brock Purdy, Tua, Jordan Love, offensive coaches. Didn't they make it look easier for their quarterbacks? There is something to be said. If you're taught or trained by somebody on your side of the ball, you make it look easy. And that's what Morgan & Morgan does, America's largest injury firm. If you have an accident, go to forthepeople.com slash Colin or dial pound law. That's 529 from your cell phone. I'm going to start with a late afternoon game. I watched the Miami Dolphins edge the LA Chargers. And I've been on this now for several years that a quarterback that has an offensive coach has a decided advantage. There were multiple situational moments in that game when Mike McDaniel, that offensive coach, dialed up wonderful, clever, smart plays for Tua, many coming on third and long. That really helps a quarterback. Meanwhile, Brandon Staley, defensive coach, supposed to be a brilliant defensive coach, with good defensive personnel, has yet to figure it out. Remember that lead they lost in the playoffs to Jacksonville? How many third and longs do they surrender to Tua? Brandon Staley, to me, appears over his head. At the end of that game, Justin Herbert twice goes back to throw. The Chargers are completely ill-prepared as Vic Fangio, which he's not prone to do as a defensive coordinator, dials up big blitzes. He doesn't do that a lot, not his style. I thought it was a great example of a really good coaching staff, Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio, completely working the Chargers staff. Brandon Staley, to me, was not viewed as the logical choice. Brian Dayball was, who was friends with the GM, Tom Telesco. The Spanos family took the cheaper head coach available, Brandon Staley, And I think he's completely, absolutely over his skis. Go back and watch the replay of this game. Multiple situational moments where really good coaching and Miami's side won the game. I feel bad for Justin Herbert, but so much of this league is where you land what coach you get, what owner you get, and what franchise you get. The Chargers have so much talent, very few whiffs in free agency or the draft. It's a stacked roster, at home, favorite. But in the last two drives with each team, you saw obvious examples of superior Miami and inferior Charger coaching. Speaking of offensive coaching, Mike Tomlin, how many years is it as the Steelers put out an embarrassing effort and get not only vanquished, get rolled at home against the Niners? So here's another example. Brock Purdy, seventh rounder, offensive coach. Didn't he look comfortable? Played with a purpose? Played with tempo? Hasn't he just gotten better and better? Kenny Pickett appeared to regress, more frenetic. I thought at times he was lost, panicked, and hurried. With a defensive coach. The Steelers now for five years are trying to figure out their offensive line, and they can't. Listen, I don't think Brock Purdy is a star. I don't think he's gifted. He's more than capable and clearly coachable. But I talk about this all the time. If you look at the Niners and the Steelers' rosters, there's not that big of a gap. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is better than the Steeler running backs, but I don't see one offensive line as staggeringly better than the other, and yet Purdy had time to throw. Purdy again played with pace and purpose. Kenny Pickett looked like a kid who needed help, and you can't tell me it's a lack of weapons for Pittsburgh. This roster for the Steelers is stacked. They look ill-prepared, and this was another example where I feel a quarterback, Tua for the Dolphins and Brock Purdy for the 49ers, have a really, really smart offensive coach, that gives them such an advantage, such an advantage. Those just two examples with the young offensive coach, I thought really worked the defensive coach. And it becomes part of the culture. I thought Miami and San Francisco had very clever game plans, both going on the road, both San Francisco seizing opportunities early, Dolphins doing the same late. San Francisco Um, You know, Tony Romo was undrafted. Kurt Warner was undrafted. Brock Purdy in the seventh round. Brady in the sixth. Um, Tom Brady never had the best arm or was the best athlete. If you go in the seventh round, there's limitations. Maybe it's size. Maybe it's arm strength. And with Brock Purdy, it's probably both. But this offense in Miami and this offense with the San Francisco 49ers, it's built for guys that get it away quickly and get it away accurately. And I got to tell you something. When you watch the Niners... I I was sitting there today counting players I thought had the chance to be Hall of Famers. McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Fred Warner, (laughs) um, George Kittle. It almost feels like in the NFL, there's two ways to win a Super Bowl. Superstar quarterback or later round quarterback on a rookie contract. But that Niner roster, I think Pittsburgh's is good. San Francisco's is probably the best in the league. Pittsburgh's top five, but San Francisco best in the league. I want to talk about Chicago Bears hosting the Green Bay Packers. Once again, Jordan Love has an offensive coach. Justin Fields has a defensive coach. Um, I thought Greg Olson made a really good point during that game, is that for Justin Fields, running has to be a complementary part of his game. It can't be the overwhelming part of the game, and I still don't feel that Justin Fields is is entirely comfortable sitting in the pocket. He tends to stare down his first receiver, uh, and if his first receiver's covered, he's off to the races. And again, it can be very productive. Um, But again, Jordan Love, offensive coach, better protection, solid running game from Matt Lafleur. I don't think Jordan Love is a special player, but I thought he looked very comfortable. Um, he felt supported. He looked comfortable. And the theme with all these games is offensive coach against defensive coach. I got nothing against Matt Eberflus, but you can't say now Justin Fields, uh, he's 5-21 and 21 as a starter, lost at home as a favorite. This was a big game for Justin Fields. Uh, I said this before the game. If Jordan Love loses, you're like, well, he's on the road, uh, it's his first massive start, maybe a second for Justin Fields. This is year three. He's at home. He's a favorite. They got him better weapons, and I thought the Bears' offense looked very um, disjointed. Again, I'm, I'm looking, and Luke Getz—he's a, a good coordinator, but I, I just feel like I feel like it's just a series of plays. There's no theme to the Bears. It's just a series of plays, and many of those are Justin Fields doing something remarkable because he's an absolutely remarkable athlete. But in the end. Three straight examples. Miami over the Chargers, Niners over the Steelers, Packers over the Bears. Young quarterbacks with offensive coaches that are growing steady, playing with pace and tempo. Then you watch on the other side. Kenny Pickett, frenetic. Justin Fields at times, frenetic. Uh, You know, basically, let's, let's be honest. It's like the Chargers could not block the Dolphins. In those last couple of snaps, ill-prepared. Would they be with an offensive coach? Offensive culture? I have my doubts. Final game, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton at home as favorites. Lose to the rival Raiders. I will say this. I know I know, nobody loves um, Jimmy Garoppolo, but he, he does have a quick release. He's accurate. He gets rid of the ball. <laughs> you know, Garoppolo, there's some limitations. Uh, you know, he doesn't throw the ball terrific up the sidelines, um, not have a deep ball, not super athletic, but Garoppolo again, Josh McDaniels has a system. He worked with Brady for years, get it out, get it accurately placed. And he Garoppolo does that, but I was really paying attention to Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Now Jerry Judy was out and they're a little bit banged up, but, um, I just, this was a big game for them. Um, you're sort of setting up the season. Denver historically is very good at home in September because of the high altitude. It's considered a big advantage out of camp. Um, and I got to tell you, the league has so many tall, mobile, gifted, accurate quarterbacks. And maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't think Russell Wilson is washed. But boy, there's the it that he had two or three years ago in Seattle, and I just don't see a lot of it. He did move more. He was more willing to move out of the pocket, but I didn't see a ton of special. He had a nice touchdown where he rolled out and uh, hit a receiver in the back of the end zone, Cortland Sutton, who's a really good player. But, you know, um, he's not as accurate, uh, and decisive as a pocket thrower as Drew Brees. So he needs to give you juice on the perimeter, give you juice with his running. I didn't see a lot of it. And I also think that Peyton's personality is raw, authentic, brusque, uh, immediate, urgent, intense. Russell, Russell's more, uh, polished, um, more optimistic, uh, not really cynical, not really negative. You know, sometimes coaches are negative for a reason. They're trying to get to the point quickly in meetings, on the sidelines, in games, in between plays. And Sean is very passionate and very urgent and very critical. And I don't know how Russell Wilson's gonna take that. I don't know how this relationship's gonna work. It works if they win games. But if this team is average and starts losing games, I can see Sean Payton and Russell Wilson really, really struggling. Sean is gonna tell you how he feels every minute of the day whereas with russell the criticism is you know sometimes he's overly optimistic polished not authentic you got to win those games you win today you move on you lose today you start second guessing decisions second guessing your quarterback second guessing play calling i uh, i don't think it takes nfl wisdom to figure out that i think it's going to be a turbulent relationship a lot of rough patches russell wilson and Sean Payton. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? That's crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. The NFL is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League, is giving you an offer, a can't-miss offer, for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everybody up with game day greatness. All customers, all of them, take advantage of two new offers every single game in September. Check the app to see what you get. Download right now. And use the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N, that's me, to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly by just betting five bucks. That's code Colin, me, on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the National Football League. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. cdkngco football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance Provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports, and now newly minted first round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, JJ McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. And I feel this way about Daniel Jones. If everything's in place, he's got time to throw. The play calling works. He doesn't have to, he's not sped up. Against the Vikings twice, no pass rush. He's not sped up. He can work. But the Cowboys D line just engulfed and overwhelmed the Giants O line after about that first drive. You could see the Giants on the first drive dr- running right at the Cowboys to take away their edge. And then eventually they fall behind. You have to throw. I I thought the Giants o-line though it's young w- could sustain some sort of you know um pocket shield for Daniel Jones. The Giants were completely overwhelmed up front and Daniel Jones is just not the kind of player that can overcome that. He just can't.
1: It, it's funny, you know, you have these strong takes for 6, 8 months of what you think's going to happen and then week 1, you know I I thought the Giants might have a similar record to last year, 9 or 10 wins, but be much closer to the Eagles and the Cowboys. And tonight, at home, uh, it, the gap looked wider. Now, one thought I had as that game just separated by the snap was the Cowboys, and we'll get into the Niners a little bit, have a similarity in the sense they have a lot of high-end players on defense. Dan Quinn is like a 3 or $4 million a year defensive coordinator currently and they have all their guys mainly are in their prime, right? And they dominate at the defensive line, and they have a, a ton of good DBs, where if you are a little off, they can really expose you. I mean, I my take coming into the season, Colin, I don't know who you, – did you pick the Eagles for the East? I, I picked the Cowboys, just trying to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think it might just come down to a, a field goal here or a fumble here between those two teams. I think the Cowboys – now, it's hard to judge Dak. He didn't have to do anything. Their defense is has a chance to be the best in the league. And anytime that's the case – I don't care what year, if it's '70s or 2023, you got a chance to win a lot of games. Yeah, they didn't ask much of Dak tonight, and that's when he's at his best. I do want to uh, pivot. Uh, I
0: want. I would be. Um, you know, whenever we talk, I like to talk about the Niners because you're so connected to them, and that you know this is the difference. Brock Purdy has an offensive coach, a brilliant offensive coach, and every time I watch him, he's just a little better. Kenny Pickett behind an O-line under Mike Tomlin that for five years can't sustain the run game. Kenny Pickett, I thought, looked frenetic and panicky. Um, I I thought it was the difference in two young quarterbacks. I don't love either's talent. One has the ecosystem, the offensive culture. I got to be honest on Brock Purdy. I don't think he's gifted, but John he delivers the ball. I mean, I think we ha- do I have to just come to terms with this is going to be a this is going to be an NFL starter for a
1: while. Yeah, I mean, I, I think any time that a guy gets drafted because of you know, late because of limited physical skills, if he's going to have success, it's going to be a lot of intangible stuff, right? His intelligence with football, his drive and desire and then instincts, right? Just it's hard to really quantify. You're not going to see that him on a bench press or at a combine. But when you watch him, you kind of see it. And I think historically we've seen that in guys, you know, Tony Romo, just guys that just have a natural feel for playing football. Now, it doesn't mean they're ever going to be Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, but the kid has something special. And I also was thinking today watching Anthony Richardson, why you take a swing, because you've been talking about this now for a while. The hit uh, rate on quarterbacks is hard. It's it's not even close to 50-50. So the chance that you're going to, when you draft the Kenny Picketts, I know max numbers look better. I'm still not a huge believer The for them to hit their ceiling, which is actually lower than most of the high end guys, probably middle tier floor. They, everything has to go right. And I think you saw with Kenny Pickett, the Niners like the Cowboys are an elite defense. So they're going to get after your ass, but he, to be good, accuracy, timing, rhythm, under control, if he plays frenetic, he's not Josh Allen. He's going to look atrocious. I mean, what did he look like today, a bottom five quarterback beside like one drive? Because his physical skills are not there, a lot like Mac. When Mac plays outside of it, you're like, what is going on? That's where Purdy can kind of playmake a little bit, and he has it, right? But because of the infrastructure that they have, the offensive play, the play caller that they have in in Kyle, and let's face it, their, their offensive weaponry, you could argue the top four Niners, McCaffrey, Kittle, and the two receivers, Ayuk and Debo, are as good of a four as any in the league, and probably the best, top yeah. to bottom. Those four. Yeah. Um,
0: I want to touch on this. We'll, we'll get to other stuff, but I I kind of led my my um, Sunday rant with this um, years and years ago uh, when I worked at another company, uh, and I was I just had left it. Uh, one of the people at that company, ESPN, had called me about a certain host and said, hey, what do you think? We think he's really smart. And I said, um, well, I said, I don't know how smart Charles Barkley is. I'm sure he's pretty smart, but he's good on TV. I said, I don't know how smart Terry Bradshaw is, but he's good on TV. You run a TV network. Like, make sure that's the lead. Is this person good on TV? The person got a show. It didn't work very well, blah, blah, blah. Brandon Staley's smart. I always hear how smart he is. He always wins the press conference. I don't think I've seen a defense in three years give up more third and longs. And it's not like they have atrocious defensive personnel. They've got a Bosa. Uh, They're active. Uh, Everybody was healthy today. I thought you could see such a gap between McDaniel's clever offensive coaching, especially when they got into tough third and longs with Tua, who's not mobile. Justin Herbert's a big, strong physical player. Um, but I, as I watched that game, Vic Fangio dials up a couple of late blitzes, which he's not prone to do. Chargers are not even equipped to block it. And I, and I look at Brandon Staley and I think, I'm sure he's a smart guy. I don't see the coaching. I always worry, John, when your side of the ball, you can't master in the first year day ball, fixed Daniel Jones to some degree. Right. But the yeah. defense, you hire a coordinator what are the people inside the league saying on Brandon Staley?
1: You know, watching Tyreek Hill today, who's not just one of the best players in the NFL, he's one of the truly great players of all time. If Steph Curry's going for 60 on you, by the time he gets to 40, you throw a couple guys at him, right? Throw, Have the safety cheat. Do not put him in one-on-one situations. Honestly, today was pretty embarrassing in that situation. If he's going to beat you short and run around guys, whatever, but to continually beat you deep... When he is truly, I'd say him and Randy Moss are the two greatest deep receivers I've ever seen, uncoverable, unstoppable. And if you don't put another guy over there, you have no chance. And, you know, it's funny you bring up the intelligence. I remember when I was scouting, I, I was hammering a guy for low GPA, but the football coaches all said that he was actually a football genius, And it goes back to, like, Jason Kidd. It took him, like, five times to get the minimum amount of SAT scores to get into Cal. He's, like, the smartest basketball player ever. They're they're not playing school, right? They're playing football. Just like coaches. Andy Reid would tell you he's not a Harvard grad, but his football intellect is really, really high. And I I think I've always thought Brandon Staley talked like a guy who watched YouTubes of coaches the way they were supposed to speak. And listen, no, no one disputes, like, his ability on a whiteboard to tell you what you should do. But eventually, in these situations... You have to call, and he's the defensive play caller, that today was Tyreek's going to get his, but the relentless nature of that over and over and over, if Jalen Waddell or some of these other random guys on the team are going to beat us, we'll tip our hat, but we're we're not going to let Steph Curry go for 70 points here by, once he gets to 48, and that's what it felt like, and I listen, I'll defend Justin Herbert. He can have his moments, but... I think Justin Herbert's a stud. I think he's a better player than Tua. But I and I heard you talking about this, you know, on the open about, you know, Tua and the play caller. I mean, he just has a huge advantage, right? Yeah. that's what made the 49ers kind of unique. A lot of teams, if they would have lost the equivalent of Mike McDaniel, who played a big role in their scheme, uh, influenced the offense worked with, helped Debo a couple years ago become kind of that running back, they would have been screwed. But Kyle's the play caller, right? And so Mike goes on and they they both kind of can thrive. Where, you know, you get Brandon Staley, it's like, what are you doing on defense? It just, we've watched it now, two and a half, two years plus this opener, doesn't feel like anything's changed because it can't be disputed the talent, the players they have, and their ability. I mean, they should walk to 12 wins. Today I
0: go into a game, I mean, I I do a blazing five. It, it went over five. So I, I've said this, last year I had a winning week, opening week. I couldn't recall ever having a winning week, opening week. I tend to take underdogs. And today some teams like Baltimore, of course they were better. They flush them out. Tampa. Dallas is more talent. Yeah, ta- Tampa. I mean, you. there's just a, a lot of weird stuff. But I got to be honest, to watch the Rams not just beat Seattle, suffocate their offense and almost get 400 yards. Seattle's one of the toughest places to play. It the defense is Aaron Donald and I mean just a bunch of 21-year-olds. Like like they drafted 14 guys, they all made the team. Like they just need <laughs> players. That wasn't second half, that wasn't close. I mean 3 and out, 3 and out, 3 and out. Yeah. Again, offensive coach, talented quarterback. Uh, Rams veterans outside of cup are healthier. Is this the Rams or is it just sort of a one-off that, you know, they're not terribly deep, they'll get banged up. But I, mean, I, I watched the second half of that game. I'm like, okay, this isn't competitive. This is not a competitive football game. It was almost – Niners beating Pittsburgh the way they did was surprising. The Rams hammering Seattle to me was one of the shocks of the day. How was it for you?
1: Turns out, Sta- t- turns out Stafford's been – uh Studying that scrapbook of all the guys' names, huh? Because he, here's the reality. If he is healthy, he can go to toe-to-toe with anyone in yeah. the league on a given game. I don't care who he's playing with because he's used to playing with inferior teams for, what, a decade-plus in in Detroit. I know they had some years where they were talented, but he played with a lot of bad teams. Every time I looked up, I, I, Stafford was clearly awesome today. I mean, he, he was throwing seeds all over the field. The number one thing I thought about Seattle coming into this season, and everyone just chalked them up because he has a great story. He's easy to root for, and we're all humans. When you see a guy kind of go through the mud and then come out, and the perspective that he has, who's not rooting for Geno Smith when you hear him talk? But in the history of the league, most guys, they might have a year like that. They usually don't go on to resurrect. What what Rich Gannon did in Oakland is like an all-time outlier situation, right? So, And most people— and I'm guilty of this too. I just chalk Seattle. Oh, they'll be ten ten wins. Their roster's pretty good. If Geno's just solid, well, what if he's not not solid? What if he's bad? Right? He's three and seven in his last ten games, In a lot of those games, several against the Niners, he has not looked good. He he looks overwhelmed. He's not a great athlete, so he's not going to make plays out of nothing. And if they're not blocking for him as they did today, he, he's in major trouble. I mean he he was he was atrocious. He, he was really bad. And Stafford is listen, as you said a long time ago, they tried to. You know, trade, the the pay cuts. He makes a lot of money, but he does make a lot of money for a reason. Yeah. I want, you know, when they gave him the contract, no one thought it was that crazy. His talent, when he's on and he's healthy. When Mess Effort is healthy and playing well, he's a high-end Pro Bowl-level guy. I, I do think it's a little bit of a red flag, though. What if Geno comes back to earth? And what if he's the 23rd well, quarterback in the NFL this year, and- not the 14th? Yes. And the Seahawks,
0: one of their tackles got hurt. So it's like, uh oh, uh oh, now it's Gino without the pressure with pressure and not the protection he got last year. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I think you said it best to start. We all have these storylines. We're all filling time during the baseball season and then week one and you're like, oh, (laughs) you know, Sean McVay's a really
1: good coach and they actually have some pretty good offensive personnel. I do think you got to be careful, and I'm guilty of this, just like we all are, overreacting to Week 1, right? Everyone will write off the Giants, and you'll look up, and they'll be 4-2. The Steelers next week, uh, playing the Browns. Everyone's going to take the Browns, I'm sure, because of what happened today in both games. And it usually kind of plays itself out. Same thing with the Rams, right? Is he going to look like that every game? They play the 49ers this upcoming week. Right, is he? Is Matt Stafford going to look like that against that defense? Probably not. Is Roku—I I don't even know who this guy is. Making all Every time I looked up, 17s, catching a ball over the middle, making plays. Right. Cooper cups on IR. Like, eventually, some of this stuff catches up to you. Unless they hit on some of these players, and actually, we know they have a high-end coach. Maybe they're scrappier. And if Matt Stafford can play 17 games as a healthy player, maybe they're closer to an 8-win team than a 4-win team. Because part of my thing was like, you know, his elbow will creep up. He'll get banged up because they won't be able to block. Today looked pretty perfect when you looked up. Now, historically, right, the last three or four years, Seattle hasn't exactly had Nick Bosa and TJ Watt running after you. So we'll see how it looks this week with the 49ers, seven, eight guys that are going to be chasing them all game.
0: So, um, obviously, we're all judged by certain things. In my business, it really is ratings and revenue. If you don't get them, you're off radio, right? Um, For pass rushers, I need sacks and quarterback hits. That's where you get the big money. For coaches, it's all about wins. Nothing else matters. in irrelevant. Quarterbacks, it's mostly about winning. But if you do have talent, people will stick with you longer and see if they can turn it around. But Justin Fields is now 5-21, and 21, got dragged as a home favorite. Uh, Jordan Love, I thought, was more composed. And as I watched Justin Fields today – um, and Greg Olson said this: like it, it's supposed to be running to complimentary piece to a quarterback, even Lamar. You got to sit in the pocket. And I still don't see a really truly comfortable, consistent look around the field, go to a second, third read quarterback. He is incredibly dynamic. I almost feel like it's a it's a curse. He is so dynamic athletically that it's just he can get yards every time he runs. But I I mean, where are you now in Justin Fields? And again, it's it's not like Jordan Love tore everybody up, but Jordan's got a better O-line. Jordan had a better run game. But I feel like it, it's the curse of being gifted. Cam Newton had some of this where it's like, I can run and get yards. Josh Allen, by the way, until Dayball got that. I can run and get yards. Where are you now in Justin Fields? Because he didn't look, you know, that was an ugly loss at home.
1: I had the volume on that game. And let me just say, I, I think Greg Olson is the best young former player on TV right now. I mean, he's he's really good. He really is. <laughs> uh, he he's he's a stud. Listen, I going back a couple years, I lean with guys like Justin Fields coming out in a draft. Right, the size, the arm strength. He did it at a high level in the playoff game. Obviously, the athleticism, the the blue chip pedigree. But let's face it, a lot of coaches in the NFL, and, and listen, they don't always agree with. With us that talk about it with scouts, sometimes they can, you know, see, don't see eye to eye. But with quarterbacks, they view a lot of the intangible stuff, the processing, how they see it. And that was a huge knock on them. For example, Kyle Shanahan wanted nothing to do with him. It was between Mack and Trey Lance because he didn't think he could process. So when you watch today, he looks exactly to me like he did in the middle of last year. So it's the same exact player. If it's not there, you just kind of run around, right? Makes a couple pl- plays in the flat. Now, Going into this game, I love the Packers, and I, I had no clue what Jordan Love was going to look like, and I assumed J- Justin Fields wasn't going to be great just because I think their team is a lot better than the Bears. Ultimately, yeah, the yeah, Bears yeah. are not very good. You know, their their lines terrible, well, the, their defense. The more Packers, questionable. these
0: are all businesses. The Packers are a well-run <laughs> business. The Bears aren't.
1: No, exactly. But I and I, I think I said this to you last time we talked. I do think the Bears are going to be in a good position if this doesn't work out, because they won't be good, so they're going to have eye pick, and they have Carolina, who's going to have a very long year. So if sometimes you're in a position where it's like, oh, we're going to end up and with a sixth pick, and we had this guy that we traded up for didn't, that's not going to be the situation. It's going to be an easy pivot. But I, today was not a good day for him, just in terms of the eye test. Obviously, statistically, it wasn't great. As an athlete, he is remarkable. I mean, right. remarkable. He he is. Michael Vick, Lamar, but he's got a little more power. He's got like Jalen Hurts power to him. He, he's he's a special athlete. But to be good at that position, you ha- especially what they're kind of looking for, and think of where Ryan Poles come from. He was just around Patrick Mahomes for years. He didn't draft the guy. So the the clock really was on all offseason when they added DJ Moore. Uh, I, I think he's going to be in major trouble as the season progresses because I don't think their team's that good. Right. And, and honestly, he just has some flaws that maybe a lot of the coaching staff around the league that evaluate him would say he's always had.
0: Now, what did you make of Jordan Love's performance?
1: I, again, better protection,
0: nice run game, uh, mostly hit the throws that were available. I thought he was, I would just say, steady, and I thought he had a certain pace to him that was comfortable. That was my, you're a former scout. That's yeah, what I mean,
1: I he, he missed a, a big deep ball. I think they called it a P.I., but he overthrew him by a ton. Obviously, the... The play LaFleur schemed up on the throwback that I think was a touchdown. Yeah, He definitely has some athleticism, and clearly, he's not terrible. I I think it's hard to judge. I I think I'm going to need about three or four more games to feel like, okay, they got something there, or by no means am I putting the stamp of approval on it. But today was definitely a positive. I think he inherits, and this was always talked about with Trey Lance forever with the 49ers and why it's easy for Brock Purdy now. The team is pretty good. Right, Watson, right. who had eight or nine touchdowns last year, was on the sideline in street clothes. He'll be back. Right now, we'll see what happens. Aaron Joe Aaron Jones had a hamstring or whatever. He's excellent. They have a good offensive line. They have a ton of highly drafted defensive players. The beef with Aaron Rodgers, is like, wait, you do understand? You got it pretty good here. You got a lot of good players around you. You're not playing for the Houston Texans here. And I think Jordan Love got pretty lucky in the sense that that's the team that drafted him, and the way this all played out. Now it's it's going to get harder right? When you start just playing, the Lions are a much better team, right? And then I, you have to look at their schedule, but the Bears, decent chance they're one of the worst teams they will play all season, even though it was a road game. Yeah. All right. Finally, Jets-Bills. Um, I, I, you know,
0: I talked to somebody, uh, Chad Millman's a real sharp better, and he said, you know, uh, and, and who else did I talk to? It was Eric Mangini said this. It was Aaron Rodgers on a Monday night in New York. He's going to be dialed in. And when Aaron's dialed in, now we've seen times when he's not dialed in for the offseason. Uh he can, you know, we've seen when he's not completely committed. He's not as good. And he has aged. But I just have this feeling he's really been really laser focused. My guess is we got we have ourselves a really fun game tomorrow night. Is there any side you like? Any what do you expect to see?
1: I've come around on the Jets. Now, we got to see how Becton, if he can just stay on the field and if he can just be a functional right tackle. Because the 49ers have a bad right tackle. You can function with a questionable right tackle. right? Most most are not Lane Johnson. I think their formula, just big picture, is going to be pretty simple. Elite defense, have a dominant pass rush, which they have a ton of them. Sauce takes away half the field, and then offensively lead the league in rushing or be a top two or three team. And then let Aaron have a little magic in there, make some big plays, but it's not going to be the McCarthy or even the MVP version of Aaron where they just put it all on his back. And it'd be much more of a team effort, mainly starting on defense, where it's like, you're not going to score many points on us. And I think that pass rush, they've drafted several guys the last couple years high. Obviously, Quinn and Williams, that was a home run from several years ago. It could be overwhelming. And just the random guys they have coming, it's going to be a lot like some of these 49er teams over the years. And then you just got to hammer the run game. And we'll see. I mean, there's going to be a microscope on Nate Hackett, right? I mean, he's going to be talked about a lot. Every play that he calls, him and Aaron, does Aaron override him? Does Because Aaron, you know, likes being in the shotgun with four or five wide. That's where he's most comfortable, and historically he's had a lot of success. But I think for this team, with the way they're built with their questions in offensive line, get them under center like LaFleur did right when he got there and hammer the run. And can the one question with Buffalo, right, which is weird because they're this cold-weather, blue-collar city – It hasn't really been a tough team. They've really been more of like a run and gun, score a lot of points squad, right? Right. And that hasn't translated for them, you know, in the playoffs. So it doesn't get much better, right? 9 11, it's going to be a pretty powerful night. I think Aaron Rodgers, MetLife, the whole thing, it's going to be cool.
0: All right, week 1 as of tomorrow night will be in the books. John and I uh will do this every Sunday night. We'll chop it up for about 30 minutes on Sunday nights. I'll do my 15-minute opening rant. We'll put that out early on YouTube under uh the volume and then John and I'll come in and uh usually we'll let the Sunday night game uh play to completion but the giants cowboys was so awful <laughs> that at the end of the third we
1: decided to call colin we got to do 30 seconds though on Dion son who somehow after week one feels like he impressed me more in, in week two he is shador is beyond He he's unreal I, he, he really is a pretty special talent. he layered a couple throws in that game and, yeah. I- and i tweeted this out one of the things that knocks out quarterbacks from college to the pro it's not big arm. Even every guy misses some throws. It's that layer throw, the intermediate throw over a defender, which takes a lot of touch. We know he has all the physical attributes to throw bombs and throw lasers. He can layer it. Caleb can layer. All the great prospects, Trevor Lawrence, he's got that. I, I thought week two was a pretty wow game for Shadour Sanders against a much better defense in Nebraska. And Nebraska was getting a great pass rush early, like
0: just. You know, again, it was Cowboys Giants, like overwhelming, yeah. you know, Colorado's O line. If he comes out, I would say it's Caleb, Shadur, Sanders, and Drake May. I agree. And that's a that's about as strong as a top three. And listen, the, the next three are probably Penix, Riley Leonard, the kid out of Duke. Yeah. Maybe Bo Nix. I didn't you know it's funny, Bo Nix at Auburn didn't do a thing for me. And then he goes to Oregon and it looks like he's his arm's stronger. He moves a little better. Now I'm like, okay, you gotta you can't you can't judge a kid on a freshman year at college.
1: And NFL community is much higher on him at Oregon, and I think he's matured as a human. They I think people are much more bullish on hey, the player since he's how been about here. I'll be honest, Quinn Ewers could not hit a deep throw his
0: entire career. Holy shit. He against Alabama, I thought I like I had to just say okay it's a new it's a new kid like last year he couldn't even early in that game he missed on two deep throws that's been the knock on him he can't hit the deep throw he hit four against Alabama I thought Quinn Ewers took his stock
1: from falling to rising you're more dialed into the to the rivals.com and maybe even the transfer portal but you don't need to know rivals to just watch that game and go Texas has as much if not more talent no, Separately, quarterback yeah. th- th- than Alabama. Hey, l- l- let's be honest about this: is
0: that you know, n- Bill O'Brien, Nick has run through offensive coordinators, and he kept hitting. He just kept Kiffin, Sark, and Bill O'Brien. But Bill's not a, Bill's not probably the great recruiter. Bill was there to clean it up and get back to the pros, yeah. so he may not even have been an active recruiter, right? Like no chance. I, f- I feel like Alabama. I feel like they miss Sark's creativity. Like they just, there wasn't a lot. I mean, they, they literally had a 1988 passing game. Um, I think they're in trouble. I just, I don't think you can. I don't think you can win at the highest level in 2023 and be just an athlete that can't throw a quarterback or bad at quarterback. I don't care what your roster is. I watched Clemson and Duke. How many players does Duke have that Clemson recruits? And Clemson Five took the, the woodshed. Five max, but one team had a great quarterback, and it's a difference.
1: I had an NBA guy text me yesterday if NIL leveled the playing field in college, and I said a little bit, but I think it's the combination of the ability to transfer to the NIL, which I think has directly hurt and just lessened the power of Ohio State, Alabama, because now even the other five or six teams that can easily be on their level— that have more access to the money, USC, Texas, Oregon. I don't really know what's going on in Miami. They've always been up into, but they just kick Texas A&M's ass. I just think they get a guy in the Port Florida state cutting big checks and get you to play. And I can promise you the NFL where those guys might not have left the program before, especially to sit out. So it's college football's fun right now. It's there's a lot of teams in the mix.
0: It's really fun. All right, buddy, John Middlecoff, Three and Out is the podcast, former NFL scout. Good seeing you. See you, Colin. Have a good night. The Volume. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.